Good evening. I'm uh, very, very glad to be here tonight. And uh, I want to thank you so very much for allowing me uh, to be among you. And I'm glad also my brother is gone because there's conflict. He's always saying, you know, how good looking he is. So <laughs> uh, I hate to, you know, come right after him when he said that. Uh, the other day somebody told me, I think, no, yesterday, somebody said to me, aren't you going to preach? Uh, I said, well, I don't know yet. And then uh, he said, well, some days have gone by. And uh, you have not spoken. I said, well, they didn't want me to speak on Wednesday because uh, neither Thursday because they think if I speak, (laughs) you guys won't come back. So (laughs) I'm glad I got the last night. So (laughs) whether you come back or not, it doesn't matter. Amen, brother. I like to thank you in a special way uh, because I'm going to announce to you the cafeteria is done. We're done with the building. We encounter so much problems in building that, but the Lord has allowed us to finish uh, the building. And I want to Thank the church in a special way for the special gift you have sent. When we were stranded, you know, uh, we didn't know if we were, how we are going to finish it up. And then uh, we want to thank you so very, very much. And we haven't used it yet. Uh, but... We are planning also not only to use it for cafeteria for the school children, we are going to use it for the church also. Because when we are overflowed with people, we put them in the yard. So when the sun comes and the sun starts at 6 o'clock in Haiti, it's already, you know, the sun is already up. And here you're still in dark, you know. But uh, when the sun comes, it's a uh, hot time, you know, for the people to be outside. So we are going to put them in that building and then we'll use uh, uh, like a TV thing like you got here. I don't know if I'm taking this one with me, but <laughs> we're going to put a TV for them also so they can watch the, the, the service. So we are so very, very glad for that. And even though Things are the way they are. This afternoon, I just talked to the fellow. We have 550 kids in the afternoon Sunday school. So every Sunday afternoon, they meet. Uh, Right now, the problem we are having, we cannot find bread to give them. Uh, Usually, every uh, Sunday afternoon after the program, sometimes we give them a bag of, uh, a bag of bread, a bag of bread, <laughs> two bees, you know, a bag of bread to go home. And, uh, uh, but right now, uh, 
the bakeries in Haiti, they cannot find flour to make, uh, uh, to make bread. Uh, they, this morning, uh, they could not give bread in the church either because they could not find uh, bread. They, they usually, we do, we serve them coffee and bread. <laughs> You'd think that's not much, but they really enjoy that on Sunday, you know, can get. But today, we could not do that because we, they cannot find bread. Right now, <clears throat> we have gangs all over the town in Port, uh, in Port-au-Prince, the capital city. The countryside, it's relatively calm. Not all the time, but in port. A year ago, when I was here, we had gangs in the south part of the city. You cannot go to the south part of the city. Even the government people, they have to go to the back door, you know, to the main road. They could not take it. And there are four departments, you know, who were... They will say that people cannot come in town to bring their goods. So these areas, when they have uh, uh, harvest and things like that, they could not bring them in town. But at least on the north side, we were able to communicate. But now, we have gang on the south. We have gang on the north part. And then we have gang on the east side going to the border, the Dominican Republic border. And that's where they kidnapped the missionaries last year. And they're still going on. I have the principal of our school. He lives in that area. He told me from Wednesday they could not get outside of the house because the gangs are fighting uh, to have control of the area. He told me he spent three days inside the house. They could not get out, you know, and then scare off, don't have food, you know, and things like this. Now he wants to get out to leave the area, but he told me he cannot. Uh, he's looking to see if he can find some place to rent and maybe move out. And I said, how you'll do that? He said, they will have to live without anything. I mean, you cannot be showing that you're leaving the area. I know, no, they will have to live like with the clothes they have on, on them, you know, to live. And then these gangs on the north side, they start raping women, children 12, 13 years old, they're raping them. And they're breaking into their houses to kidnap people for ransom. So, I mean, that's why I, I'm sorry I'm saying that, you know. I don't care, you know, which group comes. We need somebody to come and help because the police cannot. And then the police also is embedded with the gangs. And they told me there are some uh, meetings they have with the police before they even get out. The gangs already know what was said in that meeting. So... Uh, They've said, you know, they have tried and tried and tried. They cannot do it. We really need a strong force, you know, who would come and, and stop 
what's going on in the country. But I was thinking, and last year I, I said that, we like to start a new ministry. And I want you to keep praying for Pastor Asker, what do you want? You, I want you to keep praying for me for that. That we'll be able to raise the money, to buy that piece of property, and to start that new ministry. Because I was thinking of these young people we have every uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, and, and, and we have like, we have 650 registered. And then we have 350, we have a school for them, for sixth graders, you know, from, from uh, first year, you know, until sixth grade. And I was telling one of pastors, uh, kids, she told me she's at sixth grade. I said, in Haiti, we have sixth graders who are 13, <laughs> 13 years old and uh, yeah, 14 years old because they start school late. So they didn't know how, you know, they didn't know how to read and write until late in life. So these kids, we would like to have a vocational school for them. In the area where the school is, you know, the uh, uh, Solino project, it's a slum area. And a lot of these kids are being recruited by the gang members. You know, they... Right now, Brother Jenkins and Steve, they've been to Haiti. You don't find the kids on the street begging anymore. Like usually, they find a lot of them are on the street begging. They don't do that anymore because the gangs recruit them. And then a lot of young people, 12 years old, 11 years old, they're recruiting them you know, to get in gangs. So really pray for us that something can be done and that we ourselves, we can do something there in the country. Uh, sometimes we feel, you know, we do not do a lot, but little is better than nothing. We cannot do great things, you know, like so many, but the little thing we do it's a great help to these children. So I want you to pray for the country, that there can be stability. And right now, uh, <laughs> we have a prime minister. We don't know if he's president, if he's king, or who he is, because he's the only one. There's no president. That's been a year. But we're not in the Constitution at all in the country. So we don't know what's running the country, and I know, we don't know how the country is running. And then this guy doesn't have a mandate. Or, I mean, nobody elected him because the president who chose him died. And, uh, and uh, a week after the president chose him, the president died. And the U.S. Uh, embassy said, well, he should be the prime minister. So he became the prime minister because the the, the U.S. told him he can, he can be the prime minister. But he, no one knows, you know, uh, what he's doing. And then February was the last date for the president, you know, because in February he had to, uh, his, his five years were over in February, last February. So that prime minister after February, you know, 
he has no right to be there, you know, but he's still there. He doesn't say how long he's going to be there. Every time he talks about election, election, but there's no way they can have election, you know, with the gangs running the country. But you know what's sad about the gangs run the country. If they say they do something, they do it. The government said they're doing something, the government can't. So right now, that's what we are facing. The gangs have control. And then they're the one who blocked the fuel, uh, the reserve where they, they stock the, 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 the fuel. The, so they, <clears throat> they stop it for them to distribute it, you know, in the pump and things like this. So right now, f- uh, the fuel is being sold in the black market. A gallon of gas is $35 U.S. in port. In the countryside, it's $50 U.S. And you still cannot find it. You know. Yesterday, my, my son sent me a picture of a U.S. Army plane who bought, who bought, uh, which bought fuel for the U.S. Embassy. So I said to myself, well, if they do that, they're not going to help us. Because if they, if they bring their own gas, you know, so they won't help the, the country. I don't know, but hope something can be done. So you pray for us. You pray for the country. Like every year we think, you know, things will go better. No, things does not go better. But we want to uh, uh, do our best uh, to help uh, the people there in Haiti. So I count on your prayer. And... Uh, we count for you to uphold us in prayers. Thank you. Let us open our Bibles in Second Timothy chapter 3. Uh, I'm the hillbilly, so uh, you have to listen carefully so you can understand me. Because I, I heard some people were asking me, what language was Luke speaking the other night? And I said, well, I'm worse than he. So if you can understand him, you probably won't understand me, you know. But anyhow, you bear with me. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. And I'm having a hard time reading English, you know. I can't even read French. So, uh, so you bear with me. If I don't pronounce the word right, you just read it in your Bible, okay? Second yes. Timothy chapter 3, and we'll read the first five verses. He said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, that's for the children, (laughs) unthankful, unholy. Verse 3. Without natural affections, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady. High-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Father, we pray that you will give me liberty of speech, and we pray that the few things we will share will help each one of us. Thank you for that opportunity that we can share with your people the ministry, the work. And we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, all couple days, uh, I've learned that I have to give the uh, verses, the references that I was going to use. But when I gave them to Bill's wife, she said to me, well, what's your title? I said, I don't have a title for the message. She said, no, you, we must come up with a title. I said, no, I will feel better without a title, you know. <laughs> so we'll go without it. The title is my name, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we should not be surprised for what is going on today. Paul stated this, know also. That means we should be prepared. That means we should know that in the last days what we are seeing, what we are experiencing, that's what's going, you know, to happen. And he said, know this, perilous times are coming. And let me ask you, aren't you watching that? Aren't, aren't we on that path now? It is the perilous time. That means, let me say this, that means things will not go better. Uh, we hope, that's how we, we hope things get better. Make, make up your mind. Things will not get better. This world will not get better. It's a shock for us in Haiti because we are paying $35 for a gallon of gas and water to import, you know. We buy truck of water, you know, to serve. It was like $600 Haitian for a truck of water. Right now, they're buying it for $3,000. I mean, not $3,000. Yeah, $3,000 for a truck of water, which was $600. I mean, and the sad part about it, in Haiti, when the gas comes back, they, were, they are going to still sell it 3000 Because I remember, we used to buy it for $300. And then, when the turmoil started, they raised it up to $600. And then I asked the driver, I said, well, right now everything is okay. He said, no, where we buy it, they, they raise their price so we cannot come down. So he won't go down, you know. He'll be going on like this, you know. Listen. Uh, 
perilous time, non-measurable time, dangerous times, which are coming. I told my wife, I pray for my grandkids, you know, because I told her, I said, I'm, I'm scary for my grandchildren living here in this country right now. I am. Because the way I see things are going. But you know, why that? The Bible, the Apostle Paul described it in verse 2. Why things are that way. Look, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters. I mean, verse 2 and 3, I will not read all of it because I don't want you to. <laughs> uh, I want to come back, so i got to watch my time now. So, listen. Why? Perilous times are coming. In verse 2, Paul gives the reason why is that way. Because the way men are going to be. And listen, it didn't come overnight. It started in Eden. And then it started in Eden where we thought after so many years, so much progress should be made. made. But listen, it's not progress for man because man have gone astray from God. And the more the time is going, man is going further, further away from God. And we think with technology, you know, we have so many things which should uh, render life easier, uh, which should render life, it is easier right now. I bet all the young people, you guys cannot live without the phone right now, you know. You, you, you just press the button and, 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 and got it. They, they, they gave me that story. A man come from Haiti and uh, get to the States. And then his son took him to the store. When he got to the store, uh, one of the stores here, and then when he was getting in, and the door opened wide. And then uh, when they step in, you know, the door opened. And the guy coming from Haiti never saw that. He just jumped out, he said. He said to the, he told his kid, you're not going to give me, you know. He think it's a voodoo trick that the door opened. I ain't kidding, that's true story, you know. <laughs> he told the son, he's not going in, you know, because... He thinks it's a voodoo trick they did to make the door open like automatically, you know. So, you know, with all these things we have, maybe life would be it is better for you, you know. Uh, uh, leisure, we have that better, you know. But listen, life is miserable for man on this earth because. They have gone astray from God. Tonight, let me say this. What must we do? Should we fold our arms and let it go? What must we do? 
Even the way things are going. What can you do? What can I do? What must we do? In verse 5, I think Paul gave the first thing that we must do. He said, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, he said, from such turn away. What I put, I said, first of all, keep away from these people. Listen, we should not follow them. We should not follow the crowd. In, in, in Haiti, they say that. I think maybe here too. They usually say the majority has the right, you know. But it's not always. It's not always so. It's not always so to follow the crowd. And he said in verse five, they have a form of godliness, but it's not so. Uh, they care more about the outward than the inward. It's like uh, uh, like the Pharisees. All the care is what people think of them. You got all, a lot of them also in church. We got preachers like that too, you know, who would boast. Thinking only what people think of them. Listen, we're not serving God for people. We're serving God because God called us to serve Him. And then it's not what people think. It's good. I mean, I hope you don't do things that people will talk bad about you. But it's not what they think. It's what God Himself He wants. Uh, in Matthew 5, verse 3, 23, verse 5, we want, okay, yeah, we read it, but he said, all they do, it's for what the outside, what people can say. And in verse 8 in Second Timothy, Paul uses Janus and Jambres, these two, he said, we've stood Moses. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt mind reprobate concerning uh, the, the faith. And his, uh, history shows that these two men, they're like the two Egyptians. Mag- they were the magicians, you know, who were doing the miracles like Moses did, they did that. But they follow the Israelites. You know, they stay with them. And then they themselves, they had uh, a bad influence on them. Listen. <clears throat> we got to stay away from these people. And the second thing I put it's not what the Apostle Paul penned down, but I put for us, what must we do tonight? The second thing, we must keep preaching the truth. We must keep preaching the truth. And in 2 Timothy 4.2, he said, in season and out of season to preach the world. Uh, we are living in a time 
where truth becomes irrelevant. We are be living in a time where we would say that uh, people are ready to listen to the lies instead of the truth. Listen, it's hard to see how many people follow the lies. But listen, we must preach the truth of the gospel. The only thing which can change the hearts of the people is the gospel. Uh, In Haiti, we do not have any other thing than proclaiming the truth of the gospel. I think I maybe said this story here. No, maybe not. I don't know. But somewhere I, pre- I spoke, I think I said that. I was in the big church, uh, Second Baptist Church. Dr. Point was pastor there. And one evening, there was a young kid that lady brought, brought to me. She said, please pray for him. Because uh, bad spirit is attacking him. And I said, how come? He said, his mother died. His father died. They were serving the devil. He killed them. And then the, the spirit wants that kid to serve what his parents were set. And then I started to pray with that young kid. And then afterward I asked him if he wanted to trust the Lord. He told me yes. So I prayed with him and uh, led him to the Lord. But you know, after I prayed, the lady had a piece of paper and she showed me Little rocks were coming out of his eyes and they were falling, uh, falling on the piece of paper. She said, you see? She said, all of them come from his eyes. Voodoo thing they did to him. And then I said, yes. I, and I saw them, you know. And <laughs> they said, first time I encountered something like that, you know. Usually you, you see them acting, you know. But the, the, the rocks were falling out of this uh, little boy, you know, uh, uh, eyes. So I went <clears throat> to the church and I asked uh, the associate pastor, you know, uh, give him his name, you know, to, he didn't keep track of that young boy, you know, which I felt bad myself because uh, at, at that time we did not have telephone like right now. Maybe I could have, but the, the associate pastor didn't keep track, you know, with that young boy. But I'm telling you, you know, the gospel can do it. And uh, listen, <clears throat> we must proclaim the truth over lies, proclaim the truth over philosophy, over feelings, over opinion. Oh, today, 
what people think doesn't matter what God thinks, which is matter. And the truth is the only way for salvation. Let me say this. I think we are living in a time where people don't even know that they are lost. The Bible said the truth will make them free. Jesus said that he should bear witness unto truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Whether they accept it or not, whether they want to hear it or not, we still need to proclaim it. And in verse 7, he said something in 2 Timothy, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. These people, you know, they, they've, I mean, I don't know, they know many things. They know a lot. But the greatest thing, they're missing out, the truth. Maybe that's <clears throat> what you, you have. People's head is full with knowledge, but not the truth of the gospel. And that's the people also that Paul talks. You know what's sad today? Evil has become good, and good has become evil. People feel at ease in what they are doing. But the truth is found in Jesus Christ. And the other thing I'd like to share with you is please keep sending missionaries. Let, not, let us not stop sending missionaries. We are facing hard time. And maybe things will be hard for you. But let, not, let us not stop sending missionaries. And whatever you can do to help to send missionaries, do it. Because we must do it. There must be people willing to go. And like you say, here I am. Send me, Lord. And like Brother uh, La Salle, I can remember that, you know. I don't know, La Belle was preaching this morning, saying, you know, you don't have to go to be a missionary. You are a missionary wherever you are. I am a missionary because I go uh, in Haiti. You are a missionary here, here in the States. There must be people who are willing. The whole world is in a mess. We must let them hear the gust, the good news of the gospel. I remember 
when I came last June, somebody told me, uh, Paul, you come here to stay. I said, no, I don't come to stay. He said, no, you cannot go back to Haiti the way things are. I said, well, I, I cannot go back now. But I'm praying, you know, that things will settle down. I was hoping the U.S. Army would go. I would be right behind them, you know, to go back. Amen? Because, listen, I got a burden. Like the brother said, he had a burden. I'm, I got a burden now to start that new ministry on that mountain there, you know, where there was no church, you know. So we are going to start it. We're not going to stop. I'm not going to, uh, you know, stop not thinking I would be, won't be able to go. I plan to go, and I plan to bring uh, Pastor Jenkins with me sometime. My wife told me today, did you tell Pastor Jenkins we want him to come back? I said, yes, I told him that. She said, did you tell him? Because she told me, tell Pastor Jenkins when he comes, she'll bring him back to the airport, and then he won't lose his suitcase, you know. <laughs> she blamed me. And then Pastor Jenkins lost his suitcase. Marvin stole it, you know. <laughs> but listen, it's in me. The Lord put that in me. We are going to start a new ministry. I don't know how long I'm, I'm, I'm going to live. But until, you know, the Lord give me that breath, I'm going to work until he comes. Amen? And we all can do something. Listen. You are a missionary. <clears throat> Your giving is great because he helps us to go. But you yourself, you can do something. Listen, ask the Lord, what can you do? As we close the conference, ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? But let me tell you something. I was thinking. You know the universities in America? They are a mission field. You want to start something? The church here wants to start something? See how you can start something with universities. It's sad what is going on in the universities here. You know, I almost can say their kids have been brainwashed. And then it looks like in university they're anti-God. Anything which has to do with God, they have nothing to do with that. We have to work. We have to do something. And I think if we want America to be changed, because we, like myself, Jenkins, will be gone. The young people, what they will have to face we need people to go in the universities to share the gospel with them. It's not, easy, it's not an easy job, but you can try to do that. Uh, some years ago, I uh, started passing tract out to the universities in Haiti. And then <laughs> what I did, though, I think... Here it won't be the same. I gave them something to drink. I had something to drink there. You take a track and you take a drink. But that's the way I did it. I stood there giving out track uh, to them. But I, <clears throat> I did not 
continue because the area has become very dangerous, you know, I, I did not continue to go. But some kids told me, well, if you, if you go, they'll talk bad about you. Some of them shovel me, you know, I, I didn't care. Uh, I, not all of them received me well, but some did. You know, I, at least I gave them the track. I, everyone which is going in, you know, I give them the track so they can have. Listen. These young people are not searching for God. We got to share the gospel with them. We are going to go. We are living here. But each one of you, ask God, what do you want me to do? Don't... uh, don't put yourself in a box saying, you know, I won't do this, I won't do that. No. Just ask God, what do you want me to do? And he will show you. And your answer should be, here I am, Lord. When you say that, God, God will show you what to do. There are works to be done. But we need people to do it. Thank you. May God bless you. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes for just a moment? Thank you, brother, for bringing us the word tonight. Let me ask you a question. Are you discouraged because of the darkness of the day? What you see on social media, what you see... Uh, on the television when you watch the news, what you hear people talking about on the job site, in the workplace, in the office, perhaps in school, and you hear about just all of the evil that's out there, does it discourage you? I want you to know that I don't like it either. But we ought not be surprised, as our brother said, that in in these days, in these last times, perilous times should come, and, and they're here. But that does not mean that we should quit. That does not mean that we should quit. Maybe you're here tonight. You don't know Christ as Savior. I want you to know in just a moment, in our time of invitation, I want to invite you to to get right with God. But I imagine that most people, after a week of meetings, the better part of a week of meetings, who's here on a a Sunday night, you're, you're believers. So I want to ask you a question. You ever just felt like treading ground until Jesus comes? Let's just hold on to what we have. Let's just try and get my kids saved. Let's just try and get my household right. Let's just try and keep our church going. And you think, I don't know that anything great can be done for God. In these days, and in days much darker that have come before these days, I want you to know that the gospel has shown as a bright light in the darkness. And that lives have been changed, and lives will still be changed. The gospel has not lost its power. Are you running with the wrong crowd, those that have been described in this way, lovers of their own selves, selfishness. You know why people don't like to hear truth, right? Because it gets in the way of what they want to do and where they want to go. That's why they don't like truth. They don't want to hear anything that would keep them from fulfilling every desire that they have. And so perhaps you, you find yourself influenced by those people. Well, whatever's 
most comfortable, whatever's easiest, however I can get ahead. Maybe you're running with that crowd. Maybe it's not that you're running with that crowd, but it just feels like no one wants to listen to the truth, and so you've stopped sharing it. Perhaps you've, you've invited people to church and you've given people gospel tracts and maybe you've shared your testimony in the past and people just aren't interested. They just shrug it off. Our brother said, we're living in a day where truth is irrelevant. Isn't that accurate? Isn't that accurate? I, I've, I've sat with people for two and a half hours, answered all their questions and gave them reasons why they ought to believe the gospel. And afterwards, their conclusion was, that doesn't resonate with me. They didn't care one bit about truth. Friend, I want you to know the gospel overcomes all of that, the power of it. I remember sitting here as an atheist, as somebody who did not believe in God, who had all the reasons that I didn't want to and did not believe in God, and yet the truth of the gospel overcame every one of those things. And it still does it today. Don't stop giving out the truth. Maybe there's someone that you know you need to speak to. You need to share the gospel with them. Our brother said that we ought not stop sending, we ought not stop going ourselves. Maybe there's somebody and you just want to bring them up before the Lord tonight and say, Lord, help me one more time to speak the truth to them or to have the boldness to approach the topic for the first time. Perhaps God in the many meetings that we've had has spoken to you about something in particular, whether it's surrender, whether it's your prayer life, whether it's giving, whatever it is, if God has taken ground in your life, I want to promise you, I'm going to promise you, I don't want to, but I'm going to promise you this, as soon as you leave here tonight, maybe before you get out the doors or before you pull into the driveway, the enemy is going to come after you hard. He's not going to want anything to take root. He's not going to want any life change to happen. He's going to want Mission Conference to be a big cheer, a flash in the pan with no continuation. Something will go wrong this week, and the things you put in your heart, you'll be teetering. You'll be teetering on the edge unless... You ask God to protect that seed unless you ask God to give your heart that fertile ground to receive it and to keep it and to bear much fruit. Don't allow the, the enemy, don't allow the devil to steal away what God has done this week. In your heart, in the lives of your children, who knows what seeds have been sown in the hearts of our children this week that might bear fruit in the future. Let's lift them up before the Lord, ourselves as well. And in this time of invitation, ask the Lord to keep it moving forward for his glory. Father, I thank you for our dear brother. I thank you for the faithfulness that he has displayed even in a hard, hard place. And no place is easy to serve, but most certainly where he is, is not easy. I pray that you would give him encouragement to keep moving forward. I thank you for his challenge to us. May we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together as we sing.